This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Tech Talk this morning. Today, I'm joined by Adira Junid, the Director of Legal and Government Affairs at Microsoft Malaysia, to discuss a fairly recent report by Access Partnership on the economic impact of generative AI on Malaysia's workforce and industry. This report comes at a pivotal time when the nation, driven by its digital economic growth, is embracing AI under its national 4IR policy and national AI roadmap. The study unveils the potential of generative AI to unlock a significant 113.4 billion US dollars of productive capacity, painting a promising picture for local industries and workforce readiness. Adila, it's a pleasure to have you with us in the studio to delve deeper into some of this report and explore Malaysia's AI-driven future. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It, well, it's a pleasure for me. And now AI, obviously, and generative AI has been that hot topic of conversation for the past few months. And I would even say for the past year or so that I've not been able to get away from this topic. Every time I want to talk about something else, it, it's here. And I'm discussing about it. Why would you want it. to talk about anything else? <laughs> well, it feels like that. Now, I, I guess... Let's look at some portions of the report. And um, it outlines a significant economic impact of generative AI on Malaysia's future. How do you think Microsoft Malaysia is aligning with its strategies to capitalize on this predicted economic growth driven by AI tech? Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Richard, for the opportunity to, to highlight some of the interesting, very interesting findings from this report. Um, so. Uh, really, I, I would like to also thank um, the Malaysia Centre for Fourth, uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution, uh, the 4IR Centre, um, which has partnered with us and Access Partnership in, in coming up with this report. Um, and it really aligns with Microsoft's uh, mission, which is to empower every person and every organisation mm. uh, to achieve more. Uh, and I really believe that AI, generative AI, uh, is a very significant transformative tool, um, the transformative technology of our time that can really help achieve that. Um, so what we're doing really is collaborating um, with partners, private sector and public sector partners, to really help enable adoption so that um, everyone can really work towards um, unlocking these benefits um, and achieving the sort of national aspirations mm. for socio-economic growth and development, leveraging on tools and technologies such as um, generative AI. Mm. Um, so yeah, just to highlight a little bit more about uh, the report that you mentioned. Um, so this is actually based on the current economic structure of the country. Yeah. So based on the current economic structure of the country, if we were to be using generative AI um, today... That's how much value we could unlock, um, 113.4 billion US dollars, as you mentioned, mm. to, to 
contextualize that a little bit, it's uh, slightly more than a quarter of our 2022 GDP, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that's if we were just using it today. And uh, it's not even talking about potential other future sort of, you know, um, professions that could arise, or if we were to be successful in restructuring our economy towards a higher value sort of activities um, in, in accordance with our sort of like national aspiration, right? Um, so the potential growth could be even more than that. Mm. Now, I, I want to look at the, the uh, job market evolution. Now, uh, the report's discussion on the evolution of the job market due to generative AI, as we said, how do you guys, uh, how are you preparing to support employees and other stakeholders in adapting to these changes that are going to be coming? Yeah, no, thank you for that. So I think there's a lot of talk about how AI is going to impact the future of the workforce, right? Mm. So I think what, what we're finding is that generative AI will change the focus of jobs, change how you do the jobs, and it won't really replace them. What it'll do is really... It will support, perhaps. Support them, exactly. Yeah. Um, it really helps people become more productive, um, frees up their time to be more creative and to really focus their energies on the higher value aspects of their work, which is really in line with what, with what we're trying to mm, do as mm. well, right, with our economy, sort of move towards higher value um, activities. Um, so I think maybe what I can do to highlight this point is um, I'd like to also bring bring up our uh, Work Trends Index, which is a survey that we run across um, 33 countries. And it's also informed by, you know, signals and um, uh, um, observations from, from LinkedIn. Um, and what that really found is, I think, uh, three points that I'd like to highlight from that, which is that 77% of workers in Malaysia find that they don't have enough time to do the work that they really want to do. Um, for example, I think uh, in, a, in any work week, over eight hours are spent just managing your emails, uh, close to eight hours are spent on meetings. And so this is really time that can't be spent innovating or doing the work that you'd best like mm, to do. Mm, mm. And... While around 62% had some worry that AI might replace their jobs, 84% actually would delegate as much as possible of their work to AI. Given the choice. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So I think there's a lot of work out there that people would um, you know, rather not spend their time doing mm. uh, so that they could do the things that they enjoy best or the things that they can add value to best. Um, so AI is like this, uh, I think... I think I've heard this quote before. AI is like this assistant that never gets tired and never <laughs> runs out of ideas. So, yeah. Obviously, when a job market is changing and, and things are moving in different directions, we have to look at things like um, new skills, new training. And there is an emphasis on, on skill development in, in the report. Can you share some insights into the initiatives Microsoft Malaysia have aimed at enhancing AI-related skills within the workforce to meet some of these future demands? Yeah, thank you for that uh, question because oh, I think um, if it's all right, I'd like to sort of paint a little bit of a broader context on, on what Microsoft is doing in terms of uh, skills for the future, right? So um, as you might know, Microsoft announced that uh, we're, de we're developing our first um, 
data center region in Malaysia in 2021. So we sort of like uh, put together a bunch of commitments and initiatives under the, under the heading of Bersama Malaysia, together with Malaysia, uh, that included the development of that data center region, as well as a commitment to skill 1 million Malaysians by 2023. And I'm very, very pleased to update that we are, I think, past 900,000 Malaysians skilled. So we are on track to wow. uh, meet, if not uh, exceed that target. And, and that's really recognized that uh, when you have infrastructure like a data center region, um, to really help sort of realize the benefits from that, you need to have a whole ecosystem mm. that's able to sort of leverage mm. on the benefits that can come about from having that uh, infrastructure. And that includes having the right talent and the skill sets to enable sort of the nation to mm. really gain and gain from, from the presence of that entire digital economy ecosystem. Um, so... Our skilling initiatives um, involve collaborations with multiple parties. Um, we work with universities, uh, with agencies such as HRD Corp, uh, Talent Corp, um, in really sort of helping the, the future workforce, so that students have the right skills for their, their future in the digital economy. Um, and, and the economy powered by technology in general, mm. as well as the current workforce to upskill and sort of enable themselves to evolve mm. with how work is evolving so yeah. that they can continue to sort of add value and uh, really move along with uh, how, how the economy is transforming. I'm sure t to kind of give some context to that as well, we saw that need to adjust and reskill and upskill during the pandemic as well, mm, a lot of absolutely. people, you know, yeah. wondering where they were going to go, what they were going to do afterwards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Naysayers of, of digital technology suddenly become fans, and yeah. you know, things that you thought could never operate remotely suddenly were all, you know, it's possible exactly, now. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so that's that's been actually, um, uh, in a way, um, a useful experience for people to have had to mm. know that actually, you know, they can use digital technology mm. and it really can bring a lot of benefits. It can make you economical. It can make you lean. It can make you more efficient. Mm -hmm. these, these are things that we have 100% yeah. seen proven. Yeah. It can make you resilient. Yeah. It can make your economy resilient. Yeah. So that's actually very important. Yeah. I think that's, that's the big thing. Mm. Obviously, I, I need to talk to you about policy and advocacy. Um, it provides several policy recommendations for, for navigating AI's impact. Uh, and this is a conversation that's happening worldwide right now mm, as well. Absolutely, yeah. How are Microsoft Malaysia advocating for or contributing to the development of policies that align with some of these recommendations? Yeah, so as you rightly mentioned, the debate around what's the right policy mm. approach, the governance framework, regulatory framework, legislative approach, if, if at all, what's the right way to go about having the right approach to gaining and unlocking all these benefits from AI, recognizing that it's a truly transformative and um, powerful technology that we should really, you know, embrace mm. with our eyes open, mm. um, ready to be responsible about how we use it and um, sort of highly attuned to what the risks might be and how, sure. we, how we could mitigate them. Um, so I think uh, it's useful to refer to two of the overarching principles that we identify in the report. Uh, the first, which is the need for coordination across the government. Um, and this is really because AI um, and generative AI can be used in so many ways across so many different sectors. Right. And the regulatory frameworks 
out there really um, involve a lot of different parties. Uh, so many policy, different stakeholders. Exactly. Policymakers, yeah. regulators, um, agencies that might be tasked with doing certain activities. Um, so, yeah, so coordination is very important. And for that, I would um, really uh, commend um, the national objectives, uh, sorry, national efforts to sort of streamline and set some direction. So we've got, as you mentioned, the um, national AI roadmap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've also got the national 4IR policy and these sort of identify the ambitions and aspirations that we have. Um, and then we've got also, I think it was the na- new industrial master plan yeah. that also identifies generative AI as a yeah. you know key um, economic um, activity um, to drive. So it's it's good to have all of these directions and plans and knowing that there are all these stakeholders involved, coordination will be very important. Mm. And the second part, of second overarching principle is really the need for collaboration between the public and private sectors. And that's really because that technology is um, made by the private sector and the use cases, um, the innovation that's taking place in the private sector. So um, collaboration and dialogue, consultation among these parties, as well as academia, civil society, really, mm. uh, this is quite overused, but it's very, very true for AI, the multi-stakeholder approach. Yeah, yeah. That is um, very, very important. So uh, I think the uh, report that we collaborated with the um, Malaysia Fire Centre um, an access partnership is an example of a collaborative approach. And uh, I just wanted to highlight that in this report, we actually held a roundtable, policy roundtable with multiple stakeholders, exactly from all these um, different stakeholder groups, public sector, private sector, um, uh, research institutions. And um, that's actually very useful for getting insights and making sure that the policy approach that we have is contextualized right. for the society that we're in. Right. How, how it, I don't want to say interesting, how... Um, you can say interesting. Yeah, I, I, I guess. How interesting was that discussion, though? Because this kind of technology, it, as we said, it, it's transformative. It has potentially huge economic benefits. Uh, but it also has the downside. You know, there are things like privacy issues, there's copyright issues, there's the worry of um, competition, particularly from overseas, uh, and whether or not something like these roundtable discussions and all of these stakeholders coming together to make decisions about how do we make sure that we're going the right direction and ensuring that we are not kind of stifling progress. Mm-hmm. What was that kind of, can you paint me a picture of what the discussion was like? And was it a heated discussion or was it a kind of, we all fairly much agree with the direction that we're heading into? So, I mean, my observation, which was you know, really my opinion of, mm. of how the roundtable went, was I think, I think there was healthy respect for the various different views, which is the right approach to have yeah. because... People's concerns and uh, issues, if they're based on the correct information, mm. are all valid. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's very, very useful to have. The, and I think we had quite a balanced uh, set of views, which you can read about um, um, in the report. I encourage you to go and look for it, uh, look it up. It, it is on the My Digital um, um, website, which is uh, uh, the agency that is running the the Center for Fourth Industrial Revolution. Um, 
and it ranged from, you know, concerns about access. Mm-hmm. Is everybody going to have access to the technology? Uh, concerns about potential harms. Um, and I think more positively, I think there was a lot of optimism about the benefits that can be gained if we get those fundamental right, right. fundamentals right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I think that's a, a topic we can discuss a little bit after the break as well. Stuff like ethical use and the regulation is something that maybe we can dive a little bit more deeper into just after the break. Yeah. Folks, I'm in the studio with Adila Junid. She is the Director of Legal and Government Affairs at Microsoft Malaysia. We're discussing a recent report by Access Partnership on the economic impact of generative AI on Malaysia's workforce and its industries. We'll be right back after these messages here on Tech Talk on BFM 89.9, the business station. Baba from Malacca, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Tech Talk uh, this morning. I'm joined in the studio by Adila Junid, the Director of Legal and Government Affairs at Microsoft Malaysia. We're talking about a recent report by Malaysia for IRC uh, in collaboration with Access Partnership and, of course, Microsoft on the economic impact of generative AI on Malaysia's workforce and industries. We're taking a little bit of a deep dive. Um, Adila, before we were talking about... um, sector-specific AM... Uh, sorry, no, before we're speaking about policy. Um, I want to look now, just before we move into ethical use, just before we do that, sector-specific, right? Um, how are you tailoring your solutions to cater to specific needs, I guess, and, and challenges of various sectors across the board? So I may not be the best person to speak to to talk about sector-specific solutions, um, but if you look at the report, generative mm. AI really has the power to give people wide-ranging access to the computing capabilities without being a software engineer or you know, knowing right. computer programming language. So that really can be applied across the board, mm. um, across all industries. Mm. And um, in very many jobs across all industries, that there will be some element of your work that can be supported by the use of generative AI. So that's something that actually that actually uh, in the study, I think something like uh, at least sixty five percent of of people will have up to twenty twenty percent of their job up between five to twenty percent of their job that can be supported and assisted mm. by the use of generative mm. AI. Um, and that cuts across all industries. It's definitely in my industry. It's definitely in, in media. I've seen it. it. It's in news. It's in radio. It's in TV. It's in, well, I, I don't think as of now as an industry that I've spoken to where it hasn't had some kind of impact. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed using Of course. Of course, yeah. Um, and, and, and it has made these industries more productive, mm-hmm. you know, because as we said at the top of the show, it allows 
that creativity to come out again. You know, right, where, right. No, the grunt work is taken the away. The grunt from work you has gone by a sweet assistant that doesn't complain. that never gets tired. <laughs> yes, gets tired, and yeah. you can train on a sentence, which is something yes. I think is uh, very I mean, useful. As you use it more, yeah. you get more familiar of mm. how and how to be more efficient in using the right prompts to mm. get the sort of output that you're looking for. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, a couple of questions left before I let you go, of course. Ethical use. Um, obviously, this is something that's, that's come up in, in in lots of conversations recently. How do you make sure that it, what we're doing, um, particularly what Microsoft Malaysia is doing, adheres to these ethical guidelines and regulatory standards that are already in place? Mm. So... Well, there aren't really regulatory standards that are already in place. The, exactly. They're right, kind of, yes. they're all over the place. They're at the evolving. Minute. Evolving, right. yeah. People are aware that there's yeah. a need. Yeah. There's a need to have some kind of guidance on how you use this technology. And really, it's, I mean, it's, it's aligned with our beliefs, which is that when you create these transformative technologies that can change the world, you need to also be responsible in ensuring that that technology is used responsibly. Mm. responsibly. So um, we actually had our responsible AI principles as early as 2018. Um, and our, our work at Microsoft is guided by, by these core principles, which is you know fairness, reliability and safety, privacy and security, inclusiveness and transparency and accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd be pleased to know, and as I'm sure you might already do, the National AI Roadmap of Malaysia that was published, I think formally published in 2022, um, actually um, also has um, AI principles, which are very, very closely aligned to that. So Mm. I think hopefully we're getting towards um, a common approach on how AI should be used responsibly. Right. so that really the ultimate um, outcome will be that there are positive societal benefits from the use of this technology. Right. I, I want to kind of move away from, from script a little bit, if possible. And because, you know, we're having a good old chat here. And I, and I think it's probably best if we keep it as a good old chat. And, and we look at stuff like inclusivity, equitable AI benefits. And obviously, we live in a society where... These are things that we dream of, you know, and these are things that we've discussed for generations. Everybody is equal. Everybody is included. Do you see, and does Microsoft Malaysia see, this as a way of genuinely making people more included and and more equitable? Because when I've had these conversations before, generative AI and AI in general can be a great equalizer. You know, it it Mm. can be that kind of technology where... As you say, you don't need to be a programmer. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be anything. You, as long as you can write a prompt that is understood by the AI, anybody can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that how you yes. you see it? No, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I'm very excited um, for the potential of AI to really sort of bridge that divide mm. um, by democratizing the technology, making it That's accessible across for, yeah. across the, a wide range of. of the segments of society. Mm. Um, I think there's an example of a use of, of generative AI that I'd like to highlight, um, which is in India. They developed um, they developed um, a way for people in rural communities to use their mobile phones to ask in natural language, the everyday language, questions about the sort of support 
services available to them, whether it's through like funding or that sort of like governmental support um, for agriculture, that kind of thing. Um, so using generative AI, that natural language interface, the question from the man on the man man in the fields, not so much man in the street, man in the fields to navigate that complex system of government documentation and, you know, uh, uh, forms and guidelines to come back with answers that are understandable um, to this person and able to help them cut through the administrative bureaucratic processes and actually realise the benefit mm. that the, the government intended for them to have. And that's one such example of That's how, transformational. Yeah, it is. It is transformational, yeah. yeah. These, are, these are great things. Now, I guess the last thing, and it's a general question, in the context of you know future prospects of generative AI that has been outlined in the report, how do you see Microsoft Malaysia strategizing future developments to potentially harness the power of AI in, in shaping the economic and work landscape here in Malaysia? Yeah, so, I mean, for us, we... We do see ourselves as a... As You're a, literally at the table yeah, having these conversations, right? Yes, mm. and, and we're very sort of appreciative, I think, of the... Yeah, we're very appreciative of the willingness um, and openness of policymakers, regulators, um, all the stakeholders in having these conversations, being consultative, entering into these dialogues about the future of society, of our economies, of our of our of our nations, um, and how how they can really sort of benefit and grow from the use of technology such as generative AI. So really, we hope to be able to continue collaborating and working together with these um, uh, stakeholders to make sure that we're really able to jointly craft um, an appropriate approach to ensure that this technology can really benefit all. Mm. Adila, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Folks, I've been in the studio with Adila Junid. She is the Director of Legal and Government Affairs of Microsoft Malaysia. We've been speaking about the recent report uh, published by Malaysia for IRC in collaboration with Access Partnership and Microsoft on the economic impact of generative AI in Malaysia's workforce and its industries. If you missed any part of this show, go and download the podcast. You can get it wherever you normally download your podcast from. I recommend using the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For BFM, I'm Richard Bradbury here on Tech Talk, BFM 89.9. Listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.